privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favorite film critic, Nico DeRoe, the silver screen dude. Hey screeners, how are you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. Shout out to the ones, without you there are no others. And me, Nico Leroux, shout out to my Nicoholics. And I want to know, how does everyone feel in a post-Mr. Potato Head world? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? We, I mean, obviously it has nothing to do with wrestling at all. So it wasn't brought up yesterday and I was like... Um... Will this ever happen? And it's really funny because I had a conversation with my dad. And as you know, my dad works in the school. And I was like, we're going through this whole debate. And the, the, the top question was, <laughs> who actually still buys a Mr. Potato Head? Because, you know, that was the thing. And his whole, his, his actual reaction was quite hilarious because he was like, would you believe it? Just two days ago, and this is, you know, as, on the day of the nuts, but just two days ago, I saw kids playing with Mr. Potato Head. And I was like, my God, that still exists. And now, look, this is the news today. And I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> the question is, how is it news? I mean, the whole thing about Can Potato Head. Let's bring people up to speed just in case yeah, they yeah. don't know what's going on. So Hasbro, who are the makers of Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, this applies to both of them. They've decided to remove the gender of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. So they're no longer going to be called Mr. and Mrs. They're just going to be called Potato Head. From a, from a manufacturing standpoint, it does raise all sorts of questions because if you're referring to them both as Potato Head, how are you going to distinguish or are you just going to stop selling them separately and just have a gender-neutral Potato Head? But this is what I was just thinking. You, you've actually kind of, like, damaged your... your it's not <laughs> stupid as... Right, but in your in your aim of trying to be woke, unless it's like you buy potato head and then you buy the individual accessories, so you've now just got potato head, which isn't essentially a toy. Because for anyone who's not too familiar and you haven't really watched Toy Story, the whole potato head concept is literally you take the items of Mister or Mrs. Potato Head and squeeze it wherever you wish. Hmm. Very very basic concept. There's no action hero side. There's no princesses side to it. It's just a potato whose elements can be moved wherever. So now that they're all just potato head, I mean, obviously it was the cheap, it was the cheekiest ever concept initially to create Mr. and Mrs. But here we are, you've now realised that no one's buying. So you know, they're in potato head. Now, 
Where, where are we going with this? <laughs> what is the what is the ultimate outcome? Let, let me develop now on podcast what I was sort of passively saying in our group chat when this announced. Because you know me, I, when it comes to you know being a bit, not a bit, being very liberal with anything about LGBTQ, I'll usually hop on the bandwagon and I'll fly the flag. But I can't in this case <laughs> because. The reason I'll, and it's not because I don't believe in the cause or anything. Of course, I, we both do for fuck's sake. More rights, more rights for those who have been discriminated against, more rights for those who, who are, you know, disenfranchised, and more rights for those who are underrepresented. We both believe in that. That's, you know, indeed, indeed, 100% all day long. Always been vocal about that. And I've always taken that when there's a stance to be taken. What I find so weird about this one is that there's no stance. Now, people will be like, well, there is, because they're making them gender neutral. It's like, yeah, but they're so irrelevant and inconsequential at this point that it feels meaningless. And compounded with that, what I find fucking hysterical, and I mean hysterical, I mean, I have been trolling people on Twitter on both sides just for kicks. Then the mate, the furor, the anger. You know, if it was like something about like Ellen Page, now sorry, Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, right? If people were like, oh, this is just a publicity stunt, I would have been like, shut the fuck up. Right. If exactly. that person identifies as a man, that is absolutely their God given right. And it's nothing fucking woke about it. That's just being progressive. You know, Indeed. you can say progress woke is just an ugly word for progressive i feel like woke is all i hate i almost hate the word now because it's being dragged through the mud and it's almost like one of those fake news things it's like oh you don't like something so you're gonna do a kind of pejorative label on it to, to demean what the other person is saying you know like the right wing the right wing are very much saying like um calling people who are more of the woken <laughs> woken feeling now they're calling us um what was it have uh, npcs non-playable characters implying that we don't have a mind of our own right? <laughs> have you not have you not aware of it <laughs> i was not i was not i was not Bro, school now. you need to get more up to date but yeah it's and it, it, it's a typical and i've traditionally leaned right wing i just want that to be clear i certainly don't in the modern context because it implies an association with the likes of boris johnson and donald trump who i could not feel further away from if i tried right um also i think corbyn's a cunt so i don't lean left either <laughs> keir starmer remains to be seen let's see what happens there um politics aside right i think woke's become a bit of an ugly word which is unfortunate because Essentially, when you break it down, what does woke mean? It means someone who's progressive thinking, someone who's not opposed to change, someone who doesn't see change for, you know, the disenfranchised and for the people who are underrepresented as necessarily being a bad thing. Traditionally speaking, that's what woke meant, right? Now mm -hmm. we've got to a point where we're like, we're labeling things woke and it's all, and it's bordering on the negative. In fact, sometimes it's crossing over that boundary. Now, for me, saying that Elliot Page is powerful and a good thing and power to him that's woke for me and i think that's a very <laughs> good thing right i don't think there's anything woke about a potato head man and that's what i find so fucking hysterical about all this because if you look at twitter is a wonderful thing in this sense because you can look at both sides of the argument neither of them are going to be fucking objective but you can at least see where both which way 
both sides are leading. You've got you've only got to. I love Piers Morgan, right? For most part, I think he hits things on the head. I think he calls out bullshit when it needs to be called out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also think he's got a fucking bee in his bonnet on certain things, right? And on this, it was like, mate, you need to get some perspective here because the tweet he put out, I'll find it if need be, but it was something along the lines. Let me find it. Let me find it because it was actually vamp away while I look for this. And give me but this is it. While, while, while you while you are looking for Piers's statement on this, it's like, do you know what I think is actually really bad marketing on their side? Is that mm-hmm. while you had. Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, what you could have actually done is release the third line, which would have been gender neutral, and then have Potato Head. <laughs> because, essentially, the, the, I mean, the, the weird thing about this character is it's, it can't be offensive because everything's removable. And this is what bugs me the most. It's not like it's Batman, it's not like it's He-Man or G.I. Joe, which is very male orientated. It's not that it's Barbie and Cindy, which is very female orientated. This is the most interchangeable character in the history of toys. Right? And this is the one that people are now saying we need to make gender neutral. Now, in this, and I say this again, if you wanted to be progressive, and this is where it's progressive as opposed to woke, because I think woke has become those who now just believe they have a moment of enlightenment and <gasps> My eyes are clear. I, I'm woken now. I see the world. And it's like, shut up. You're just, you're just finding an excuse to be woke. But progressive. If you really wanted to be progressive, you would acknowledge the fact. And this is where, I mean, I, 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 whoever the toy makers are, I'm giving you absolute free marketing. Hasbro. 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 I thought so. I just didn't want to call it wrong. Right? Now, Hasbro. Now, let's put it out there. If you really wanted to make money, sell free lines. If you want gender neutral, there you go. Buy Potato Head. If you would like a homosexual relationship, to Mr. Potato, potato Head. Head. If you would like a lesbian relationship, I agree. Buy Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah. If you would 100%. like to be trans, buy Eva and then buy the accessories to change it. Like, you have every <laughs> element. If you want a cis straight relationship, buy a Mr. and Mrs. Like, it's all there. However, you have eliminated Potato Head, which. You've actually eliminated everyone by not. <laughs> Because you've elim- you've now made it gender neutral. So then, for those who choose to identify as a gender, you've missed out. I mean, this was marketing genius. All you had to do was create Potato Head. We haven't cancelled the other two. There you are, three brands, and it's the same stinking potato. This is the worst bit behind it. Right? It's just the same connectable potato. Yeah. Yes, that's one way of that's certainly a way of looking at it. But ultimately, I bet you anything, it's still going to have exactly the same package content for Mister and Mrs. They're just getting rid of the title. I bet. You but this, but this is what I'm saying. But this is what it's always been. When they created Mister Mrs. Potato Head, it was exactly Mister Potato Head. But instead, you know, instead of a moustache, it was a hat and the glasses or what have you. I'm just working on a toy story. I've never actually bought one, so I may be very wrong in this, but sure. I know the elements. That if you it's, it's like buying a Henry Hoover and buying a Hetty Hoover. Just one's pink, one's red. It still does the same job. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Potato Head isn't much further than that. Like, all kinds of true. Like, I have a Henry at home, and I'm not, you know, putting them in another vacuum. Yeah, but like, this is that. I went to the missus' house. What does she have? She has a Hetty. I'm like, oh, cool. You've got a Hetty. I wasn't like, that. that's offensive. I'm not using your Hoover. <laughs> well, we're gonna, that's what's next, isn't it? We're going to get the H vacuum cleaner because you know what? It's not Henry. It's not Hetty. It's a general neutral <laughs> vacuum cleaner. Stop it. 
Well, uh, it's 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 madness, man. It's it's absolute bloody madness. But I found the tweets. So you've gone at it from a marketing point of view, which I actually really like your take on, because the possibilities that you have by keeping both Mr. and Mrs. is you can do all the representations. (laughs) (laughs) For all I care, you could take a Mr. Potato Head, take off the moustache and put the ears with the earrings on, and there you go. You've got a trans potato head. Like, there's so many ways you can go no, no. Okay, so from a manufacturing perspective, I love where your head's at. But joke aside, I actually think that's quite on point. But now, but now listen to the anger. The anger about... You know, if there was anger, as I, as I keep on going back to the Elliot Page argument, or another person who I think is an absolute champion is India Willoughby, who sometimes appears yeah, on uh, yeah, yeah. morning. I think India, formerly a man, now a woman, I think India is an icon and i've tweeted at her numerous times and think i love your point of view i love how grounded you are i think you're brave as a trans person for going through that and still speaking you know calling bullshit for when it's bullshit e.g like should gender change athletes who are formerly men and who have just now decided to identify as women be allowed to compete in women's olympics my answer is a hard fucking no hard no now, for me, that you know, there, there is nuance in that statement. Obviously, we can develop it, but I'm just going to stick mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. you know my 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 end product is no, absolutely not. Um, but now, so let me just go. Let me pull up a tweet from Piers Morgan, who, as I said, most of the time I agree with, and let me also pull up a one from Benjamin Butterworth, who I have called out numerous <laughs> times on the show for being an utter prat. Right now, let, let's read. This is Piers' reaction to Mr. Potato. It starts out, yeah, I agree with you. And then it's like, really? Fucking drama, boy. And he's like, who was actually offended by Mr. Potato Head being male? I want names. These woke imbeciles are destroying the world. It's like, really, Piers? A potato is destroying the world? No. Really? Do, do, you know what I, do you know what his key element is, right? It's... It sounds bad because it sounds anti-progressive when I'm going to say this, right? But it's nothing sacred anymore. When it comes to the most, as I said, gender-fluid toy of all, Mr. Potato, like, why is this even... It's like, when he says destroying the world, no, it's not essentially destroying the world. But something has to stick. Like, I get it. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go as far as destroying the world. This doesn't doesn't matter. What's so funny about this is that if you actually reverse engineer what he's saying, who was actually offended by Mr. Potato Head being male? Flip it around. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 323232 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 323232 now text grade to 323232 
Who's actually offended by Mr. Potato Head being gender neutral? Oh, shit, we got a candidate. Ding, ding, ding. What do we win, Johnny? It's like, why does this matter to you? Can I be honest? Head, Elliot Ellen Page now chooses to identify as a man. Mr. Potato Head now chooses to not identify as a gender. Why does only, this matter? Why the, only does this matter? Would, the only thing I would lean in Pierce's defense is... I think you could say that when you were aware that there is a Mrs. Potato Head. If it was exclusively Mr. Potato Head, I know, I know, I know. But like in that realm, it's like, well, who is really complaining? But I can't speak for Piers Morgan. But we move on. (laughs) We absolutely do not move on. Do you think this is destroying the world? I have bigger problems to deal with. I have. I listen. Remember, remember if I've got, and it's not that I'm vegetableist. Remember if I still have tomatoes, no, that's actually a fruit, but, you know, if I'm foodist, like, I have to check for the bread in my cupboard as opposed to Mr. Potato Head's gender. <laughs> or so, Potato Head's gender. Before we move on to Benjamin Butterworth, I've got two things to say to, to, Mr., to Mr. Morgan, which I did say to him. I, so the first one was a, a completely trolling comment, which was, I know, what's the world going to do without a strong male potato role model? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong when you break it down that way. Where is the strong male potato role model that'll stop the world being destroyed? Ah! The fucking overreaction on his part is something else. Now, as far as calling woke people imbeciles, it's like there I'm going to take some exception to that statement because it's the woke imbeciles that are against racism. It's the woke imbeciles that are against sexism. It's the woke imbeciles that are against LGBTQ. Take out the word imbecile, take out the word woke, and it's people who are progressive that are against all these things. Guess what? If you're against those things, you're woke. But again, this is where it goes back to your your own statement of you choose to use progressive because there are the branded Woken Warriors, been, you know? It's, no, it's been dragged through the mud by people who are initially shocked by something that's progressive. But when you... It's like when you say to to a male... Here's a very good analogy. It's like... We will get on to movies in a bit, guys. I just wanted to talk about this. To be fair, this is Toy Story related. It's so Toy it. Story, and it's... <laughs> the, world gone, the world's gone mad, basically. And I really want to talk about this. Right? Let's do something a bit more poignant here. Um, fuck, I've just lost my train of thought. God damn it, and I had a good point as well. You said Woken. It was working and Woken. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I had a really fucking good poignant point. What was it you said before? I, I said Woken. I said the progressive and Woken. The Woken warriors. It's the Woken warriors out there that causes the problem because it's those who just seem to essentially jump on any given bandwagon to make it the, the, right, the right, 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 right. And I, okay, so, and I was going to talk about the feminist thing, right? Okay, so let me, let me ask you this. When you say to most men, this is true, because I've actually I've, I've done my little own personal social experiment. You were involved too, unbeknownst to you. You passed. Um, I tend to. I've, I've done it to all my male friends, and you'd be surprised how many of them didn't pass. Quite scary. Okay, so, go. So you've got the one side, which is, you say to a man, are you a feminist? Bro, and I said this to people who I'm close with, almost ashamed of, but I said, are you a feminist? And they, the, some people gave an answer which they didn't realize meant yes, but they said, no, I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm about equality, which is dumb. 
because feminism is a belief in equality between male and female. If you're not feminist, you essentially don't believe in a woman's equal rights to a man. And that can be a right to vote, a right to the same pay structure, a right to fucking anything. That's what being a feminist is, right? It's an equality between the genders. It doesn't mean an over-empowerment of women. Now, going back to my point, you'd be shocked at how many fucking people think that feminism means it's a push for women when it's not. It's just trying to bring women level with us. And the amount of male friends I have when I've asked them, are you a feminist? And they've turned around and said, no, not really. And it's like, so, but then you break it down further and it's like, okay, so do you believe that women should be treated equally to men? It's like, well, yeah, of course. It's like, well, you're a feminist then, my friend. And it's like, now bring this, now bring this over to the, to the woke example, right? So are you a feminist? No. Okay. Do you believe in equal rights for men and women? Yes. Okay. Well, then you're a feminist. Okay. Now let's go into the woke example. It's the same fucking thing. Oh, these woke imbeciles. Oh, the woke warriors. It's like, do you believe in racism? No. Do you support the LGBTQ community? Do you support progression? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you support gay marriage? Do you support a woman's right to an abortion? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Shock horror. Ding, ding, ding. You're woke. Do you know what I'm going to play with on the game for you right now? Do you remember Chris Rock? I can't remember which stand-up comedy it was. And he said... The black people in the end kind of thing. Like you have that mm-hmm. extreme. It's kind of like that. You have your progressive and then you have woke. Woke seems to be extreme progression. Those who just seem to be, you know, it can be worked on anything, but I'm working with the Chris Rock analogy at the moment because I can't think of anything else that breaks it down into two ways. It's when it, it's sad because woke was a actually very positive word, but it's those who brand themselves woke after that we're just chatting the absolute highest level of crap that it's now stained the word and that is the problem and i think that's where it woke has it, it, it's, it's you a, can it's say that so about fortunate. anything you can i agree say that i agree anything. it's i don't but i think that's where people would choose to say i'm progressive as opposed to woke not that i have a problem with being woke but you do know that there are the woken warriors out there who are those you know I, but I don't but even I use that term. Warriors. I call myself a woken warrior because if I hear someone being racist, I'll fight against that. That makes me a warrior because I'm fighting against it and I'm fighting against something which is technically woken. So I'm actually, I'd be call myself that and I'd be quite proud of that. But I, call I get them, it. I call them SJWs, social justice warriors. It's like people who are fighting for something which is like, hey, dude, what, we agree here. What you're doing is not helping. This is the- I always use my vegetarian analogy, right? As a vegetarian, the last thing I'm going to do if I want to convince someone to not eat meat is go up to an Argentine steakhouse, start banging on the window and screaming, animal murderer! But you have fucking idiots who do that. If you go up to someone eating meat and call them an animal murderer, they're going to flip you the bird and keep eating to provoke you. You're not going to get them on side that way. Well, this is it, you know. It's right? So that's Piers Morgan's side. Now I've got, to yes. bring in, I've got to bring in Benjamin Butterworth because the first thing he said, I actually agreed with. The second thing I'm like, and now you're a prat. But he is a prat. You know, as I said, this is a man who puts in his bio gay. It's like, wow, you're such a complex human being. I suppose if you someone handed you a digital slr camera you'd probably take a fucking photo of a rocking chair in black and white to show how brooding and deep you are (laughs) 
so he's put, I can't believe there are adult humans angry that a potato no longer has a gender. It's a potato. Pretty sure the real loonies are the ones who roam their gardens, designating human characteristics to sprouting vegetables. And to that I say, well fucking done, mate. We agree. We completely agree. Who the fuck actually goes to potato patch? You don't go to the supermarket and pick up a potato and be like, I don't want the male potato. I'm going to find the Mrs. Potato. It's like nobody does that, which is why this that, doesn't matter. That is factual. But, but then, of course, he had to go and be a prat. As he does from you, your previous experience. Such a prat. But then he had to go and be a prat and say, imagine being so fragile that you feel threatened by an inanimate potato's gender. It's like, now you're a vegetarian bashing on the window of a steakhouse. This isn't helping so of course i had to then i had to answer and i said imagine being so empty that a potato's gender is tweet worthy to an established journalist and then i put in in brackets i'm obviously no better than you are here because i'm doing the same thing in tweeting but i could not resist calling you out on your bullshit (laughs) reply still pending Reply still pending, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like, mate, you're tweeting about it, therefore it's fucking triggered you as well. I, I, I abstained. I officially abstained from this whole thing. It's only because it was mentioned, and I'm like, all you had to do is just create a third line. You know, that, that's all you had to do. And it, you, oh, actually... you, know you didn't even need to create a third line. You could have done, go down what you were suggesting. You could have done one of the most brilliant pieces of marketing promotion ever and do like, an, imagine this, like a stop motion animation of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and a stop motion animation of the mustache coming off and the Mrs. Potato Hat going on the Mr. Potato Hat and the mustache from Mr. Potato going on Mrs. Potato and then two Mr. Potatoes together and two Mrs. Potato. You could have literally shown all the different types of gender relationships and all the different types of transgender identities just through the scope of a stop motion with potatoes. It could have been fucking genius. <laughs> it really could have been quite something. And you yeah. actually sell it at Juros, you know, that's completely, it. <laughs> yeah. completely. All the people who call their babies babies because they want their babies to identify as gender neutral, which is fucking crazy because the baby doesn't identify as anything other than that. I'm looking for the breast, right? <laughs> that's literally a baby's identification. Give me I look. Like shit, I need the boob, right? So anyway. That's that's a whole different topic, the babies. I don't prescribe to that either. It, I don't have anything against it. I just don't prescribe to it. And, but I didn't take a stance because I attacked both sides. Um, well, this is it. This is it. I just <laughs> couldn't tolerate the bullshit coming out of both sides. I'm like, this doesn't matter, says I, having dedicated 25 minutes of our podcast to <laughs> But do you know what's really funny is I think both sides have actually agreed and we're in the middle agreeing. But it's just, the, it just shows that it, 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 it what, what, I mean, where I will give Hasbro credit is you've made the irrelevant relevant as has seen by the last 25 minutes. But it's like, <sighs> you could have gone out and given me G.I. Jane if you really wanted to make a, a statement, you know, we had She-Ra. These, these are the ways to move forward, but. You know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. So, for those of you joining us for the first time, 
this is the tangential side of the movie Mount Rushmore. Yes, we do talk movies, and as I said, we link that to Toy Story, but even if you want to go out there, we will take a bit of our general news and mix it in, because where we react, we know you're part of the conversation, and we like to put our spin on it, whether it be factual or humour. It should be educational, whether it be entertaining, whether it be edutainment. Welcome to the movie Mount Rushmore. Okay, as mentioned before, I am the one AJ, my co-host Nico, will now inform you what the movie Mount Rushmore is all about. So, for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. If you are new to the movie Mount, Rush- movie Mount Rushmore, welcome. Thank you for being part of the family. Please be sure to give this podcast a like, no matter what podcast platform you're listening on. And if you have the time, maybe write up a quick review. But most important, guys, if you like this show potato rants aside please be sure to maybe tell other people about the show we don't always do potato rants it's usually more movie related which we're going to get into now how does the movie matt rushmore actually work aj and i each get assigned a topic we go our separate ways and we come right back here into recording and deliver to you the silver screen dudes our individual top tens this week i will go first delivering my bottom three aj will then deliver his bottom three i will deliver my next two aj will deliver his next two and then we will trade one apiece if at any time while we are rounding off our individual lists one person has a movie in the higher position that person will say hunt And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have both rounded off our individual top tens, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre, which this week is... Top ten actors who nearly always play villains. Yes, so the nota bene asterisk to all this is that nearly because, like, when you think of them, obviously no actor always plays a villain. Let's not be pedantic and, you know nitpicky about this but it's like you think of a certain actor it's like yeah he's always the villain obviously when you break it down statistically and factually that's not the case but the image you have of them in your head is like villain yeah now i want to ask you a question here Mm. did you do it through someone who's more notorious for doing it as your number one or did you do it in the sense of the amount of times you associate them with being the villain like they're notorious for playing it, or because of the strength of the actor, should I say? My number one. Yeah. So, kind of a bit. Oh, strength of the actor. Oh, maybe not. What I did is my number one was actually one of the easiest number ones I've ever picked because of the the specifically the villain roles that this actor has played is nuts, and okay. I don't just mean like the amount of times he's been a villain because. He's been a villain a lot. It's the iconicity and the the iconicity of those villain roles is like so big. It's like the the guy has just done all the villains. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, man! Fuck. I hear you. I hear you. Um, um, for me, number one, arguably number two, also, but one just edged out. No, one didn't just edge out. One stormrolled, steamrolled everything here. To but. be fair, it's a weird one because I think I've done it by strength of the actor for number one. I, I, I did kind of work on the strength, but like when I'm calling out my number 10, well, you're going first, but is like the ultimate, like that's all they ever do, just kind of thing. So I was just interested to see which way you went about it as well. But Yeah, I, I'm going to take an educated guess here. Please note this at 29 minutes roughly into the show, I'm taking a guess that my number two is going to be AJ's number one. That's just my my guess. Okay, fair enough. I've also fair done enough. something quite interesting for the first time ever. I've brought an actor. He's done movies, but he's far, far, far more noted for TV acting. But he's always the villain and he's always fucking excellent 
I think I know who that is as well. <laughs> I nearly went that way, but I know what you mean. There was a few of them. I was like, you've done a lot of TV work that way, but yeah, I get you. For me, he's like, the guy who should be the next Magneto. That's that's my pick. That's my number three. <laughs> okay, interesting. It's not Denzel. I know that's... I, I, fig- I figured, I figured. I was like, no, it couldn't be like Denzel TV time. It doesn't no, really no, matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So my bottom three was actually fucking hard to put together because they're all great picks and there's a good one, two, three, four, five, six other honorables who were all vying for those bottom three positions. So the three was much hard the bottom three was way harder to put together than the top of the list. I actually found the list harder than I thought I would, to be honest with you. Because in a while you start to like figure them out, and then you're like, sometimes it's like you've been an iconic villain, but you haven't done multiple, and it was it was a weird balance, but it it, it worked out. But anyway, let without digressing, let me ask you one other thing just before we start: Have any women made your list? One. Respect. I tried desperately to put a woman on, but then at the end of the day, it comes down to not just the performance, but it comes down to the iconicity of the villain. And what this list highlighted for me is that the, the the scope of villains that men get to play. You want to talk about feminism? Let's let's say this: it's like women need to be given more opportunity to do something just beyond playing the girlfriend, the housewife. Yeah, the MCU's done that, and they've made them powerful heroes. And yeah, you've had Kate Blanchett. I hope that's not your pick, but we've had Kate no. Blanchett obviously play the villain in Thor Ragnarok, but. There were one or two women who came to mind who maybe could have made it in at 10, but the, the iconicity of the roles isn't big enough. There are women who have played villains, obviously, but when you look at the iconicity of the roles that we're going to go through now with the men, it's like, I would like to see women given that same level of chance. I get that. You know what I mean? I it's like, I'd like you to be more than just, yeah, the things I said. I've just had a brain wave, but I... Sounds painful. No, 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 yeah, it does. Um, no, it's just uh, one that came into my mind, but she has played good as well. Um, Funky Anthony. played good. All you of know. my entries have played good. It's just that I think when you think of them, the bad outweighs the good. Yeah, yeah. All right, anyway, let's start yeah. finally. My number 10, I had to go with Hugo Weaving. It's a punt. It's a minor punt, but it's a punt. Okay. My number nine... Dennis Hopper. That's a big punt. <laughs> big punt. Okay. And my number eight. So my number eight's a fucking weird one because of all the names on this list, hands down, hands down, he's not only arguably the best actor of all of them, debate to be had, but he's certainly in the top two or maybe three actors on this list. One of the greatest actors of all time. Of the films he's appeared in, he's arguably been in the biggest films of anyone on this list in terms of their importance in cinema history. But he's also done so many roles that are just beyond playing the villain. And when I think of him, I don't instinctively think villain. I instinctively think great actor, right? His his body of work is so much beyond just being villain, which is almost hypocritical to break down the roles because you're actually him playing a villain. <laughs> but for some reason, in my head, so it's my list, but in my head, I think of him, you have to be on this list, but you're not in the top. Al Pacino. 
he was very close to being the list because I. All the reasons it, I said, right? It, it, it's that, but then do you know some of the roles that I looked at? I mean, I'll let you go further. I, I, I kind of hesitated because I was like, it's essentially the anti-hero. Because when you look at the Corleone roles, when I say anti, not anti-hero, but it's the villain that you're following, you know, as opposed to being the villain in the film. You are following that character. But so it's, you, essentially you are a bad person. Yes. But you are our hero. It, you, you are the one that we're following through this story. For instance, Tony Montana, evil piece of scum. However... It's his story we are following Scarface. You look at Michael Corleone, it's like, he was a good guy, he turned bad, but he is the godfather, he is the guy that we follow. Uh, you know, even like Scent of a Woman, it's like, he, he's dislikable, he's likable. Even that other film, Dog Day After- is it Dog Day Afternoon? Dog Day Afternoon is one of the ones I was going to mention. He's, he's, he's a criminal, but you follow his, yeah. yeah, but you follow his story. Yeah, this is kind of why I found it hard to put him higher than eight, because you're essentially drawn to his villainy, right? But yeah. aside, but let's not be under any illusion. As you said, Tony Montana in Scarface, evil piece of scum, right? Michael Corleone, it's like, yeah, you're, you're entranced by what you're seeing him do. But this is a very bad man. This is a man who kills people. This is a man who shakes down people. This is a man who plots murders, who kills his own family. Like, this is not a good human being, right? Of course. The man even played the devil. Devil's Advocate, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Charlie Theron, for fuck's sake. He was the villain in Dick Tracy. He was fucking Shylock in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. Like, he's definitely a villain. <laughs> he's definitely a, a pound of gold for a pound of flesh. Like, the man's not an, He's played some <laughs> fucked up characters, yeah? And he is, beyond doubt, one of the greatest actors who's ever lived. Yeah, hands down, I'm going to agree with you, like through and through. There's, there's no in between on that. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's factual. <laughs> it's just so, yeah. In some, he is, you know, essentially you have the good guy that you could also follow, and it worked. But that's why I was just so torn into like, how do I play this one? <laughs> how do I play it with him? And that's why I was like honourable. But I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's Al Pacino for God's sake. Like, there is no in between. Yeah. Is literally Al Pacino. All right, that was my number eight. What's your number ten? Right, my number ten. It just doesn't seem possible to have a list of villains without mentioning this guy, Danny Trejo. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, like, are we playing the world's greatest actor? No, like, is he? Hell no. We're going B movie. (laughs) B movie is hell. It's. For those of you who don't know, we're talking Machete. Like, this is like every character. It's it's. You've just asked him to read certain lines. I, I can't call it acting. It's it's always the same character, just with a different name. He is that guy who looks like the ultimate biker villain, if you would, whether you want to talk um, Dust Before Dawn, Machete. Um, what else has he been? Everything. He was, he was the rapist in Con Air, for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is who he is. It's just that face that you always just picture as the villain, and I was like, you can't have this list and not mention him somewhere. It's like, even when he plays the good guy, even when he plays the good guy, like I've seen him in Flash and he was a good guy, there's that edge that says, ooh, I can't trust him. Like, it, it, it's just right. who he is. <laughs> it's just who he is. Right, so that was my number 10. In at number 9, crazy actor, but I've got nothing but love for him, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, no, he didn't quite make the list for me. 
he again, you could talk Conair, you talk Reservoir Dogs, like no matter what zone you see him in, you will see him in some comedy films that kind of get you in a way of haha, but he's always the sneaky, untrustworthy villain. That that it, it, he's cast that way. No matter what you pick, and it's just one of those. These are the people that instantaneously, when I heard guys who always play villains, just jumped into my head. Like no in between, no in between. So that's where he came in. And then at number eight is your number ten. That we're only punted on Hugo Weaving. Well, why did we punt if it's in the bottom three? Because you still have to go for it. You do do it. That's what I said. It's a minor punt. It's in the... If it was mine, I would have gone for it. But it's in the same bracket anyway. Fair enough. Nine, nine, eight. If it was seven, that would be a punt. All right. <laughs> anyway, fair fuck right. It, it's fine. We, no, no, no. It's fine. We punted. We talked about other movies. That's fine. Um, yeah, Hugo Weaving, man. Fucking a- obviously, Agent Smith is the big one. Um, Megatron in the Transformers. Red Skull, Captain America, and I'd still argue V and V for Vendetta is not a good person. There you go. There you go. These are some of the list. Um, I'm st- I, I, like, I, he, was Elrond. he was Elrond in Lord of the Rings. It's like, yeah, but do you know, because he's such a villain when he played Elrond, and despite the fact that I've read the book, I ended up not trusting Elrond. This is what I was... <laughs> literally took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, I haven't finished the saga, but from what I've seen, I'm still not sure which way I lean with him, because mm. <laughs> he is just that guy. <laughs> he's just that guy. Yeah. Um, Hugo Weaving, I mean, yeah, Smith is the one that elevates it to the highest it's, you know, and obviously when you get to Matrix 2, you get to a point of the ultimate villain that I just can't stand because he glitched and became the bug that was multiplied a million times, but then when he came out and I saw him in Captain America, and I'm like of course, (laughs) of course he was that, then I was like, Red Skull of course, who else would you pick? And these are the roles that he just does yeah, V for Vendetta, V also lands it, and you're just like you are that it's the role of his own. He's owned it. There was another film I had, but Man, I like... Red Skull just didn't get his dues in, in the MCU, has he? It's nuts. They've just completely it... sidelined him. Well, I think was for the ultimate arch nemesis to that guy. Like you know, Captain Captain America, Tony Stark, he was one of the forefront leaders. But then they, they they stuffed Mandarin as well. And when you think of it, it's like you've got that wasn't I'm... the Mandarin. That was not the Mandarin. I refuse to believe that that's the only Mandarin we're ever getting. They can retcon it, and I believe it's also Red Skull needs retcon. But then the sad bit is that Steve Rogers is now partially pretty much retired. So, like, where do you get to sell this? That no, we're, not, we're not getting. We're not getting a Red Skull. This is it. I, so Red Skull became getting Mandarin. You know, Red Skull became five minutes on his actual film, and followed by. Uh, a, a, a prophetic ghost in Endgame. Like, come on, there's wars for the who was not even played by Hugo Weaving. I realized that as well, which at first was kind of threw me. I was like, was that actually meant to be Red Skull? Because it was like, hold on, that wasn't Hugo Weaving. But hey, mm. we move on. We change Roydy, we change Red Skull. It, it happens. It's, it's the only way to break it down. Yeah, and more recently, we changed Quicksilver. But, hey. yeah. The explanation for that on One Division, two thumbs up from me. Love that. Oh, I'm all that with it. I'm all that with it. It works. It works. Why are we talking yes. one division? It, the mm-hmm. time has come for me to call some serious bullshit on our comic book group. The amount of... I'm not going to fucking point names, but people fronting as if they knew what the fuck white vision was, I'm like, shut up. 
Uh, no, no, no. You see, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, how can I call it? There's a Bro, mix of it. Vision, like people couldn't keep up with me and Ant after episode one when we were talking about that deep shit, right? You even said yourself, episode one and two were beyond deep. Yeah. White, white vision is deeper than episodes one and two. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, I, I don't think. I mean, you could have researched it as one thing, but just the fact that they've brought Vision back and you could tell he's a villain, you don't necessarily need to know it's White Vision to be like, ah, what's going on here? It's it's caught you. I can't. I couldn't tell you I was caught on to White Vision, but I was like, you've got my attention. Just saying. So I, yeah. I I'm on a split on that as well. I'm it doesn't have to be that. I'm not going to drop names, but there were people fronting like, yeah, and this and that and that. I'm like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Like, I am not the fucking almighty overseer of comic books. Fucking Ant trumps me on some on, on some stats that I'm not aware of. I'm sure Den the Tech would, not, would outdo me. He's deep as well. But the fact that people didn't know what the fuck the references were in episodes one and two, and then they're on the White Vision train, I'm like, here's me giving you your wanker sign. Right? Level. Can, 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 can I just take and I, again? Not dropping names because I, I wouldn't do that. But would this also be the one? You know, no, actually, you I, yeah. I, do you know what? No, 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 because yeah, yeah, we have we have silver screen fans in our group, so I won't go there. But yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're not going there. Yeah. Obviously, if, if 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 you're the person or people could be more than one who are guilty of this, you're a knob. Don't fucking front like you know something when you don't. And if this doesn't apply to you, fantastic. Keep loving the show. Yeah. I know the internet's a wonderful thing, but don't come fronting. AJ, the answer to your question? Yes. <laughs> but don't fucking come fronting like you're deep in this and you know this. It's like, that's really fucking bad. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, yeah. it's like, that was a cool ending. Tell me more. It's like, don't be like, yeah, and this and that and that. Shut up. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Man didn't fucking get... Bro, I called Agatha Harkness, who, by the way, in comics was called Agnes Blackheart. Yeah. Okay, okay. I called that shit episode one within two fucking minutes. That's deep. She walked in. I was like, got her. There's your Fantastic Four. There's your Fantastic Four catch. Right? And people even now that, that Agatha Knockhart's uh, been revealed, they still don't know what the fucking Fantastic Four connection is. Right? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I will be honest, I didn't know that. I, I knew she had an influence in X-Men Evolution to wonder. No. But, but aside from that... That's, that's, how she was introduced. that's how she was introduced. She was the, uh, the babysitter for uh, the Richards baby. Okay. Interesting. Colourly educated. Edutained, even. People fronting. <laughs> I don't know who White Vision is, you Dirty motherfuckers, you. <laughs> move on, move on. But yes, yeah, so that was my number eight, your number seven, sir. Christopher Walken. He nearly made the list. I don't know why he didn't, to be honest. But yeah, I, I get no, it. He's, he's, he's always villain. Like, I appreciate he hit a watch up his ass in Pulp Fiction for about five minutes, but mostly he's... <laughs> Mostly, like, he's Blue Lou Boyle in True Romance, you know? He's the Ooh. villain in Wayne's World 2. He's a Bond villain in A View to a Kill. 
He's the villain in King of New York. He's the fucking headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow. Like, you don't fuck with Christopher Walken. Even if you want to play it enough, his version of King Louis wasn't a lovable King Louis. I, I was about to say, you could even argue that he's the fucking... Well, we can take it a step further. Eddie the Eagle, one of the most perfect... Lit- and again, I always use that term, little movie, right? But, but it was a, such a great movie. It was two years ago it came out now. I believe it was 2018. I think it's longer than that. Yeah, it might be three years. You might be right. You might be right, yeah. But yeah, even like he was kind of the, not villain, but antagonist in Eddie the Eagle. You know, he was Hugh Jackman's mentor. Like, granted, Hugh Jackman fucked up in that because he, you know, cheated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate he cheated, but, you know, it was like the, 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 the person who you had to get come around to being good was Christopher Walken. It's like, even in that, he was kind of like the dickhead. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm down. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> you you have my support on it. it he, he very made the li- very nearly made the list actually, and I, I don't know why. I'm, I think it was a pop fiction moment. I'm like, I'm sure he's done good in other films, and then there was another. I, yeah, I, but it's right. I hear this uncomfortable punk <laughs> metal up my ass. Two years, your father would be damned if the if the groups got it. So I'm the king. <laughs> I love, I love Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond. I love the way Christopher Walken. He's, he's, got, he's got an awesome voice. Awesome he's, voice. Awesome. He's so over the top. I love it. Kid, yeah. I'm the king. <laughs> I haven't killed a man in 18 years. <laughs> it's so that, good. Uh, right, that section of true romance will forever live with me <laughs> this guy this guy that part that oh, part this is guy. Hey, beautiful hey, this guy <laughs> so good in that scene isn't he oh, that, that, that is that is gold it's absolute gold absolute gold I'm Sicilian right. I'm from the family of Sicilians the Sicilians are world class liars the best <laughs> it's so good it's so good and he breaks down the diff ah oh, you know non-verbal lie and everything it was oh. men have got awesome. seventeen men have got seventeen tells when they're lying. Women have got twenty, men have got seventeen. <laughs> oh man, that fucking scene. Love it. Yeah. That's why, uh, by that's... the way, for me he was higher than Dennis Hopper. It's like in that scene, one of them is the villain. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, no, for 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 real. That, that, yeah, that is very true. That is so true. Kind of made me regret. <laughs> you spun me there. You clearly spun me there. Okay. That was if it was like one, one has to rank higher than the other. I'm like, well, one got yeah. killed in true romance. <laughs> Just saying. Um, all right, my number six. Am I lying? My, my number six. He's okay. He, he's definitely also played some some non-villains, but I mean, they, they, <laughs> he's a bad man. Uh, my number six is Christoph Waltz. Punt. Okay. This time it is an actual punt. It's not seven or six. <laughs> so don't worry, we're good. Right. My number seven was the, the, the one lady that I was able to bring up. Helena Bonham Carter. So she was one of the two who I was hesitating between. And then when I break down her roles, I'm like, you've only really got one, which I would deem to be, you know, in the echelons of, of big name villains. 
and the villain was brutally underserved. And that was Bellatrix Lestrange in Harry Potter, where I maintain she was fucking brilliant. But because of... Yeah, she owned it. She owned it big time. Oh, she owned it. She was When she was on screen, she was absolutely superb. And... They jo- here's a wrestling term. They completely jobbed her. Completely oh, yeah. jobbed her. But she, she, again, though, it was scene stealing moments from her. Like, honestly, one of the best things to come out of Harry Potter was telling about the cancer. Like, it was, it, it was watchable. You know, you wanted to see more from her, but you're right. It was jobbed. It was like, I needed more. The book gave me more. Why did I get more? He needed more. The book did give you more. I appreciate it's Ron's mum who eventually... Spoiler here. I appreciate it's Ron's <laughs> mum who eventually handled... But this is an old book and an old movie now. But Ron's mum handles, handles Bellatrix. It's a lot more epic in the book. That scene yeah. is a prime example of why I think these movies are not good. Because the big moments don't give you the emotional punch. Serious dying. Listen, Dumbledore dying. Bellatrix dying. The fight between Harry is that it's there. It's following what happens in the book, but you need to. Ah, it's so difficult to put my finger on what went wrong with the Harry Potter franchise because essentially, in terms of box ticking, they, they did tick all the boxes. You know, it gave you the magical world. It built the characters, kind of. It gave you the big moments, kind of. It didn't give you. You didn't. Do you know what it is? It didn't. We couldn't. Like when fucking Gandalf gets dropped off the bridge in the first Lord of the Rings movie, I, I'll never remember my forget my mum's reaction. She was like, "Gandalf can't die." It triggered a reaction. You know, it was epic. It was like, <gasps> Dumbledore dying, Bellatrix dying, serious dying. Was like, okay, dude, film length. It's the only thing I could say. Film length of any of the given films were not enough to give you enough emotional attachment to care about any character aside from Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Even down to Ginny, it did have the, the grip that you needed. Um, well, I keep Joe, forgetting Joe the first Chung. one. Joe Chung, you yeah, know, Harry's all of love. Jobbed! All Just of jobbed! Nothing. Nothing gave you enough emotional attachment to to be able to feel those moments. Your idea of a series, I think, is awesome. Or the other one is, you know, a la Snyder Cut. Like, the film would have to be three and a half upwards hours to, to work. You know, Snyder Cut is four hours, which I was shocked to tell that. But you can't, you can't physically do that in the cinema. For me, Harry Potter yeah. needs, it almost needs the division treatment. You know, you do ten episodes, each of them is 40 minutes to an hour. I'd say probably an hour. And yeah. you really give the characters time to breathe. It's what it needs. It's what it needs. Otherwise, it will never be able to tell what the story was. It was it was criminally underrated. Like the films did not touch the books. Just no, that. no, absolutely not. But I mean, you take that. Yes, we've got Bellatrix. We've also got um, Sweeney Todd. We've also got as much as I hate the film. She's the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland. Like she, she's she's lean that way. Like there are enough that the films are out there that when I looked at it, I was like, it was one of those things. That it's not that I was like, we, I need to get a female, but I really was like, it can't just be all guys. What I did realize is the UK definitely produces villains. That was another, that's another conversation. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, and I weighed it up. It's not that they're the most iconic, but that's why it's around the seven mark. Like she, she does it well. But they're not like, oh my god, she was aside from Bellatrix. 
I was I was toying with Rosamund Pike for a while as well. You know, she's been kind of as a secondary Bond villain. She was in Gone Girl. She was one of the terrorists in uh, in Tebe. She she's done some stuff, Bits. but again, yeah. the roles are not big enough. When you look, yeah, I fucking put Al Pacino at eight. None of this is touching Godfather, Scarface, Devil's Advocate, and the like. It's like no, just they. Just no, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Very well they, they need better representation as 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 villains. <laughs> I agree. If you don't agree to me, listen to Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Right in at number six. This one, I it, it bugged me because he's probably one of the most iconic villains in in um in film, right? But then the other characters, especially one that many people will lean to, I was like, but it wasn't a villain, right? But he has played the villain. It's Adam Rickman. Now, a lot of people will lean to Snape, and I'm like... Well, he's my number five. He's my number five. Yeah. Like, you know, Hans Gruber, naturally, hands down. Sheriff of Nottingham. Even down to love, actually. Like, yeah. He was the one who was like, out of all people, like if there was a film that we say had no bad guys, just sad moments, he was the one bad guy who was like, you're you're wrong. <laughs> kind of a dick as well in Sweeney Todd. Yes, that was the other one I forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah, not kind of very highly ranked one. If you <laughs> very highly ranked one. But yeah, but I, I, I want to check out people say. Let's touch your Harry Potter point. Until the twist happens, Snape is definitely presented to us as a villain. And, you know, you're not meant to trust him. And Rickman plays that pitch perfectly. To a T. Like, yeah. He's crossed every T. He's got every I. No silly incantations or wand waving in this class. As such, I do not presume that most of you will get the fine art that is potion making. He's he's yeah, that voice. Yeah, is. No, he does. He's he, he does. Yeah, R.I.P. Man, R.I.P. Fucking R.I.P. Ah, that one, Jesus! It was it was a shocker. It was such a shocker. It it just felt like it came out of nowhere, and that's where you know sometimes you hear someone's ill, you expect something. This one was just like ah. You know, like, what? Um, Again? You know? Um, what do you mean Adam Rickman's got? It just didn't, it just didn't really. Too young. Just too young, man. So that was Adam Rickman, yeah. That was my number five, so your number five. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> okay. For, he's certainly not always the villain for me, but carry on. I, do you know what? I, 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 was, I was torn as hell on this. I really was. And I, and I, I, I've gone from one of Bruce Willis's to Hans Gruber to his brother, I know. Um, Scar also came into my mind. I, I had a note of his mm-hmm. bloody character. Can I find it absolutely anywhere? I wish I could. Um, I, he, he literally... leave the TV show. Yeah, and there was a Dungeon and Dragons type spin-off film that he done as well, which he was the villain oh, it in. Was, it wasn't a spin-off; it was Dungeons and Dragons, and it was fucking. That's horrendous. the one. I, I listen. I, I, <laughs> it's there. It's there. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. 
He was also in Man in the Iron Mask as the villain. Was he not Louis? Nope. Leonardo DiCaprio was Louis. Of course. Right, at this point, I choose to sign off because that was just the ultimate throw. No, no, no. no. I'm just just going to savour that one for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Irons was Aramis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had someone else, and I looked at I looked at him, and I was like, "Yeah, it's there." Uh, anyway, uh, fuck it. I'm actually not I the think, best at music. I think you've done Jeremy Irons a fucking solid putting. Yes, uh, I, I did, I did. It was the actor more than anything else, because I, I, I do you know what? I turned to Sean Bean more than him, you know. And I was like, "No." Sure, Bean's way more worthy of being a villain. Bro, do you know what? This is it. And then I think I, I took those two characters because like, I would like to switch for Sean Bean. Because <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean is one of those guys. Yeah, Sean really? Bean is what it's I actually... Yeah. Sean Bean is, is that guy. Sean Bean is such a villain that when he played Ned Stark, I didn't actually... We're taking it to the sure top, yeah? <laughs> Go for uh, it. Yeah. Your number five, Sean Bean. <laughs> My number five, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. 006, 006, it's funny because 006 is in a way that I was like, oh my god, he's playing a good guy, right? And I was like, ah, I knew it, here we are, the villain. <laughs> when he was Ned Stark in Game of Thrones... You don't trust him! You don't trust him! I was like, am I meant to like the Stark family? Like, he's what? It's the one time I've gone, no! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, he has been synonymous with with the bad guy um it it it's <laughs> i don't know how to to actually bring him in like can you name any good guy roles for sean bean um if, if i'm not mistaken lord of the rings he's a villain in that as well yeah. huh? not really you know no he's he's i would not i need to see him. more Boromir is certainly not a villain. Boromir does he makes he makes a mistake at the end of the first film, but his redemption is is full on. Yes, yes, this is true. This is true. I did remember seeing that in the film. Uh, his, his, but... his redemption is one of the best death scenes in in Hollywood history. Like you cheer for him, and it hurts when he gets fucking arrowed. It's like oh no. So no, the fact that you're feeling for him definitely not a villain fallible human you know tempted by power but definitely not a villain which is essentially the whole crimes of lord of the rings isn't it it's the temptation of the ring that that brings out the worst in one yeah yeah but yes 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 aside from that storm bean has always been that guy who is your villain (laughs) to to many degrees um I'm going to say another name, and then I'm thinking I'm just going to sound like a dick once again. Roman, he's a villain in that, right? Kind of. But this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm drawing for names, and I'm like, each time it's like, it's a mix. And this is where I lean towards Iron, and I was like, no, it's that. But Sean Bean is my, even as a TV guy, he's just that villain, untrustworthy to a, a high level. <sighs> Okay, that was my number five. Even, number... even there, I think you're doing Sean Bean a solid, putting him that high. I know, I know. We move on. You're number four. Rafe Fiennes. He a toy driver. And now you're going to list so many more that I'm, just, I'm going to be like, 
I oh, guys, Jeremy Irons should be Ray Funds, and now you're going to say to me this is the one. No, nah, Ray Funds as a villain fucks them all, mate. Because the the reality is, is that yes, he's played you know some very iconic good roles. He can be inherently fucking charming, and I've seen him even in bloody romantic comedies. But when you look at the breadth of his villain roles, it's next level. He was. I mean, two things come to mind. Hold that, um, hold that. He yeah. was the villain in Red Dragon. He was fucking Hades in Clash of the Titans. He was Voldemort in Harry Potter. Yes, I said the name. <laughs> right? And he he was the fucking main villain in In Bruges. Like, he's the guy who goes to send Colin Farrell to be killed in In Bruges. And let's not forget the big one. He was the fucking Nazi lieutenant in Schindler's List. One of the this nastiest the villains who's ever been put to screen. Schindler's List is the one that sticks out to me. Voldemort is weird because, yes, he was Voldemort, but I just didn't get... goes back to when we are going back to Henla. It just didn't have enough depth for me to be like, oh, it's him, he who shan't be named. He, he, the main he, villain. He's he the is the main villain. He is the main villain. Do you know what I mean? But it's just waste. I think it was wasted. He was wasted in that role, essentially. Um, but, yes, no, Ray Fiennes is that guy when it comes to... <laughs> yeah, you've listed that shitload and, and Schindler's List was the He's a powerhouse, mate He's an absolute fucking whirlwind I mean, and he is In all those roles I, if You see him as Hades in Clash of the Titans Now, I did not really care for that remake I still think the 60s version Is far superior Despite the fact that it looks like It's been made with monsters from a Chewitz commercial reverse engineer that you could say that it inspired the monsters from the Druids commercial to be perfectly honest but yeah the level of most likely but yeah we, we continue king kong and clash of the titans influenced yeah, the Druids I'll take, commercial. I'll, I'll take it i'm taking it because it naturally did way but way before this he's terrifying in red dragon he's He's a nasty, conniving prick as Hades in Clash of the Titans. He's Voldemort and Harry Potter, and he's a Nazi lieutenant who, when he wakes up in the morning after fucking his woman, goes and takes a pee with his big beer belly out, goes on the balcony, and for fun, as his morning pastime, takes pot shots at Jew workers. Like, he's vile! Yeah. yeah. Horrendous character. Horrendous character. No, one of the worst. Should have been number four. He really should have. Really should have. We punted earlier. Um, it's, it's Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's your higher one to take it away. <laughs> um, again, these are the. <laughs> it, it was. It's amazing because do you know the first time I saw him was actually in Django Unchained, where essentially he's the guy you like. Yeah. However, this is why I couldn't put him higher than six yeah. because that that's his standout role. To, well, it's vying for number one spot to be his standout role, and he's just <laughs> so inherently like charming and likable in that. Yeah. However, I mean, when we talk about evil Nazis, <laughs> can However. we ever dream of ignoring the Inglorious Bastards, where yeah. he is Hans, vile? Hans. He is vile. He is the ultimate. This level of disgusting in that, you know, it, it um, but it's not charming, it it's charming but it, it, do you know, one of the things with him is that he, he, um, 
he so eloquently is what he he shows off how eloquent he is in this in Inglorious. He switches languages like it's nothing, whether it be German, whether it be French, whether it be English. He talks to you in a way that embraces you, but his actions are disgusting. They are as disgusting and as inhuman as could possibly be. Forget Inglorious, they are inhuman, <laughs> and that is where he he owns it, and it's it's there. Then. I'm aware of his role in the Spectre, where he's the villain. Tarzan. Not that it was a film I approached or love so much, but he's also the villain in that. But he was Water for elephants. But yeah, these are the things. He's actually... Yeah, he owns it. Yeah, when he, when he takes it, like, he, he plays it well. He owns it well. But there is that charm. There is that charm. And even for me, when I was there at number four, it's like, you've done that, but Django always came in. I'm like... I love you in Django. Like, I love you in Django. <laughs> Why can't you do that? But even in Inglorious, I kind of loved to hate him, if that makes sense. Like, I yeah, love but... hating him. Ooh, that's a bingo. But And every scene he's in is just so fucking tense, be it that, that iconic opening, obviously. But even when he's back with Shoshana in, in, in Paris and they're eating the, the apple strudel... Wait for the cream. Wait for the cream. It's ah, it's so tense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, no, he he's he, he's magnetic. You you can't help but be attracted to a Christopher's performance. You just can't. You just can't. But yeah, he, I, I just respect the way he portrays villains, and that's why I was like, yeah, when you bring it, you bring it. And I called him being Blofeld, like um. Everyone was like, he's not, but I put, I put, uh, this is way back in our YouTube days when I put out the tweet going, you heard it here first, Christoph Waltz is 100% going to be Blofeld Inspector. Everyone came at me. Everyone came at me. We're like, eh, you don't know anything. Actually, if you look at IMDb, he's, he's, he's credited as being Oberhauser. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Right. The guy who sits at the head of the table of Spectre. <laughs> is one fucking white cat away from being Blofeld. You do not cast Christoph Waltz and put him as the head of Spectre and then tell me he's not Blofeld. Motherfucker, he's Blofeld. And I called this way before the movie came out. Movie comes out, people were saying, see, see, they still haven't changed the credit. I'm like, you know IMDB is fan-created, right? It doesn't know shit. Right? And then it's like... Oh shit, Christoph Waltz is Blofeld. Oh. <laughs> you enjoyed that one, didn't you? You enjoyed it, oh, you enjoyed so it a bit too much. It's one of those that you like to call it. Like, in, in fairness, we all do. Like, when it's called and the whole world shuts you down, and you're like, oh, sorry, sorry. Would you just like to have a look at this tweet? From- Even my uncle threw shade at me online. Even my uncle threw shade at me online. He was like, you need to stop doing that and just admit when you're wrong. The movie's out now and the credit hasn't changed. Then I saw the movie and I recorded the part where he said, it's a man you're looking at is Ernst Stavro Blofeld. I send that to him with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he just wrote back to me, smart ass. It's like, smart for sure. <laughs> I read it, my friend. I read it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I didn't fucking be arrogant about it, but when everyone attacked me, when I made a perfectly educated guess, and the guess turned out to be true, it's like, well, now I'm going to have some fun with you, motherfuckers. <laughs> it, but it, look, it's one of those things that when you make those 
those statements and the world thinks, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You have to, for all the, how can I say it? For all the crap you had to take, it's time to, you have to own it. You have to. It's time to pay the piper, motherfucker. (laughs) That's the one. Right. Okay, sir. Your, that was my number four. Your number three. My number three, for the first time ever in the movie Mount Rushmore, I am bringing in an actor who is more associated with TV. He is, of the 21st century, one of the best villains that has been put to screen. I'm talking the man who I believe should be the next Magneto, Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Now, Giancarlo Esposito, if you're not familiar with the name. Gus Frings from Breaking Bad. He was in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing as the street gangster. He was Gus Frings again in Better Call Saul. He's been cast as the villain in the new Far Cry game, Far Cry 6. He was the villain in The Mandalorian. He was the villain in the season two of The Boys. Like, the guy is just a villain. Mm-hmm. And he's always fucking brilliant. If you disagree, it's because you haven't seen Breaking Bad. I, to be fair, I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but the, 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 the no, 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 no. But it, it's not that I disagree. He's got, he's got, he's got skill, man. Like, I, I'm aware of the guy. And... Breaking, do you know the thing about Breaking Bad? It just started on a tad too slow. Like, I, I'm aware it's a slow burner, but it catches you. This is what I've been told. You need to see Breaking Bad beginning to end. You cannot give up on it. Because especially when the final season's coming and you just see the length. I'd actually argue they made it go on one season too long. That last season was a bit of a dud. Um, Although it had some fucking moments in it. Some that will last with me forever. Um, But the... uh... When Gus Frings, man, was on screen in Breaking Bad, it, that's like, oh, shit got real. <laughs> shit got <laughs> real, man. Oh, man. And he, he's so charming. He tricked me. The first time you see him and it's not revealed that he's the villain, it's like, oh, he's a really charming character. And then you see, no, <laughs> this is the big bad guy. <laughs> this is the big bad until Brian Cranston becomes the big bad. And that's the genius of Breaking Bad is you see how far this guy has fallen, how bad he really has become. Mm. It's like, it's one Interesting. of the most believable character developments and arcs I've seen ever. It's, bro, you need to treat yourself to Breaking Bad if you've not seen it. I will do. I will do. I will do. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those that... Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a big one. It's a big one. Um, underrated. I remember the world going crazy for it at the time. And he's also in Better Call Saul, you say? Better Call Saul is essentially a spin-off of um, of, of Breaking Bad. So it's it's a bit of a cheat. But uh, yeah, Better, Better Call Saul is... He, he reprises the role of Gus Frings. And he's, he's once again an absolute tornado. And, you know, when he arrives in Better Call Saul, it's like, oh, the man is back. Right, okay. That was my, that was my number three. What's your number three? My number three. <laughs> there are comedic roles such as The King of the Cooper. We have roles such as Waterworld. And then we have roles such as Speed. 
We're talking uh, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> I, I, went with, I went with the crap ones first. Um, there, there are so many more where Dennis Hopper is just... He, he delivers a uneasy villain. He, he, You know when we talk about there's a certain call to um, Christoph Waltz? When it's Dennis Hopper, he gives you this kind of maniacal call that you love to watch. Is what crazy. I think I get with him. It's a crazy call. It's it's the ultimate level of crazy call. But you're like, they, they, they stick with you. They stick with you. <laughs> and and of course, I'm presuming you still haven't seen the big villain role, have you? Being Blue Velvet. Actually, I. It, it's weird. I'm halfway through because you were talking about it, and it was on film four, and I've got it recorded. But then I went to the missus, and I've just come back. But it's on it's on my team of well, Sky my Sky Q box. It's there. So I can't, I, I'm not fully deep in there, but yeah, I, I, I remember, I was like, hold on, it was, I was recording something, I think we were doing our zombie movies, and it recorded a whole series of stuff, so I was like, hold on, Blue Velvet, that's, that's the film they're talking about, I don't even need to look for it, it's there. So it's, it's actually on the box, it's actually on the box, I've, I've seen part, but I can't, I've, I haven't finished it, so I can't bring him in on that one too tough, because I haven't got the end result, but I'm there, I'm getting there. You've got Blue Velvet and you've also got his turn. He's not technically the villain, but he's, you know, he's prescribing to the villain in Apocalypse Now. This is the other one I was going to bring up. It's, it's, it, it's a hard one to call him the villain, <laughs> considering there's a war with the other, <laughs> the other side there. Uh, but yeah. Did you mention Super Mario Bros? I did. King of the Cooper. I did. King Cooper, yeah. I kicked off with that. I did kick off with that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm old school. I know a lot of people like... What do you mean, King Cooper? It's Bowser. <laughs> he was King Cooper. Like you played the original game, right? he was King Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. I, I, I stick with that. I, I stick with that. But no, um, R.I.P. Dennis Hopper. You, you really spun me when you brought up the Christopher Walken part. And you're like, well, he was the good guy in that. And I was like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there to a point that I was like, yeah. But I, I've, I've got a lot of love for Dennis Hopper in the, the crazy cool, the crazy cool bad guy that he brings. That's, that's what I love. Right. Remember, I predicted my number two is going to be your number one. Oh, Gary Oldman. Well played. <laughs> well played. Well played. I mean, he nearly wasn't, you know. He nearly wasn't. Um, you know, I wonder if my number two... I wonder if my number two is, is your number one. I have a feeling it is. Christopher Lee. Yeah, pun. I very, I very, very nearly went there. I just, do you know what it is? Gary Oldman. Um, more villain roles, Christopher Lee, 100%. I just love Gary Oldman's acting. Remember when I said strength for the actor? Like, and I'm not listening to Christopher Lee by any means. By any means when I say Christopher that. Lee will be the first to say his movies have not always been of the highest calibre. He'll be the first to say he's not the great. He, he would have been the first to say he's not the greatest actor who's ever lived. But in terms of the roles, man, they're, they're too big. They're, they're there. They're there. They are there. They're, you can't deny it. And his friend, he's killed every franchise. Like, you know. Well, before we, before you, we you get talk, it, wait, do you have a worst or not? Because I don't. So, this one, you're going to laugh when I, I went with it, yeah? Because I was like, well, how do you rank as someone who's always played a villain? Do you know what I went with? And it's the weirdest thing. I went completely off kill. And it was 
you always expect Jeremy Renner to play the villain, but he's always been a good guy. <laughs> he's not always been the good guy. But you're in the film that every film that you expect him to be the good guy. <laughs> he's the bad guy. He's ended up being the good guy. Like he was, you know, you're like he. Okay, he had a slight heel turn if you were in wrestling terms in in Avengers. But he's still the good guy. You hear him in Mission Impossible, you're like, well, he's going to be a dick. Nope, he was a good guy. Like, <laughs> they brought him into all these worlds, and I was like, maybe in a weird world, that's the guy more was expected to be and ended up being good. Yeah, you haven't seen that, The Town, have you? No, of course I have. Yeah, come back to me when you've seen that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Sort of mad psycho in that. I'm sure he would own perfectly, because this is what I'm always waiting to see for him. <laughs> I was waiting to see. So yeah, it was in a weird, but it wasn't like ultimate solidified worse. I was like, does that count? <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. And it's a weird one that you can't really create the worst in that, you know, because we're saying they always do. So then it's kind of like never do. Yeah, it just doesn't really fall into the category. Okay. So my number one that we're going to go create, I, I don't have a worst. I'll be real. Yeah, we don't. We don't. So, <laughs> um, Number one for me was Christopher Lee. Saruman in Lord of the Rings. Count Dooku in Star Wars. Scaramanga in Man with the Golden Gun. And of course, Dracula. <laughs> like... it, as I said, it's legitimately, when you look at the roles, he owns it. it it's just, it's, it's got older, man. <laughs> but yeah, Christopher Lee is the original, if you want to take it there, the original villain. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they all we all owe something to him being Dracula. There he comes out and is like, you know what? Yeah, it's great. I'll do both. The guy is essentially mustard as a villain. And you know the thing that I absolutely love, and this is related to his death. I'm not obviously saying I loved his death. It was fucking tragic. But I brought this up before. Remember, he was actually close friends with Tolkien. With J. I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he could speak. Um, Mordorian, like he, he, like the, the Peter Jackson and everyone was saying, like having him on set was like having the ghost of Tolkien on set. He was that deep into it that he knew that line had to be up, that line had to be down, that word said that way. What I find so fucking poetic, like as if he was burdened with glorious purpose. Shout out to Loki. He's he fucking the last movie he made was The Hobbit. And the last, mm-hmm. the last ever scene that he shot was the extended scene in the um, fuck the Battle of Five Armies, where he looks at the screen and says, "Leave Saruman, uh, leave Sauron to me." And you know that's the point where he goes to Mordor and gets turned and becomes evil. It's like, oh, that's your final scene. That's fucking genius. That is like it's it's tragic, but like that—that's fucking poignant, man. Mm, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've touched on the emotional score there. I, yeah, (laughs) you can't compete with it. He is is the villain. He's a classic villain. I will, I will give you that. And he's one of the best Bond villains. Like I know you and me hold, you know, Alec Trevelyan, Double O. Yes, but no, Scaramanga is Scaramanga. Scaramanga delivers the most badass fucking line that makes James Bond shiver. It's like at the end of Man with a Golden Gun when he goes, "Your wolf at PPK versus my golden gun. Your six bullets versus my one." And Bond says, "Only one bullet." He says, "I only need the one." 
It's like, oh shit, yeah. shit, oh shit, Bond, you just got told what's what. You just got outmanned. You six yeah. minutes, I only need one. It's like, damn, damn. Some ownership. Some ownership. Oh, bro, legit ownership. And while I believe your number one is the definitive, quintessential best Dracula we've ever had. Christopher Lee was still... originator is Christopher Lee. Yeah, let's. Christopher let's Lee was still fucking great. So Christopher Lee was still fucking great, and his turn as Count Dooku in Star Wars. Yes, those prequels have got their issues. He's certainly but not. He was redeeming. He was redeeming points. He was one of those redeeming points in the film. Most you can't ever deny that. You can't Most ever definitely. deny that. Yeah, no, it, it, you'd be remiss to not have Christopher Lee in your top three. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it has to be, has to be. But no, that, I mean, he's British. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I was saying. Like the, the the UK seems to be cast in that way. I'm not saying it's all they're cast in, but it's there. It's pretty right. much, yeah. Um, my number one. Yes, we, we bring it up. Whatever you want to do, Zorg in the Fifth Element. Yeah. Hannibal, um, Draxel, who you lean to, Dracula. <laughs> Is another one. Um, they, they, Bro, do you Leon. know even when you, Leon? I, that was that was. I was, gonna, I was just hesitating before I brought that up because I was going to bring up serious black press. Yeah, Sid, Sid and Nancy, Nancy. But fuck Air Force One. You played a Russian. Oh, they're coming out. They were coming out. I was just because serious black is a bit like, <laughs> like each time I'm just, I'm just trying to get the same bottom part where you actually believe he's after Harry. Before you find out he's the Godfather, okay. Apologies for the spoiler. You're like, this guy's all kinds of crazy. He, he owns it, you know. And, and again, believable villain until the turn comes out that he's good. But yeah, all of those roles, and then <laughs> the other films that you so gladly mentioned for me being topped off, be it in Leon, aka the professional. I Gary Oldman, as we've said previously when we done our um, profile episode, is the comedian. You know, he. He stepped into his characters and he owns them. And that that is what tipped him over Christopher Lee for me. It was just that. It was just these performances just get me. Uh, bro, but, they're, they're fucking, they're second to none. But for me, there's he's done so many performances where he plays the good guy so damn well as well, where Christopher Lee hasn't. So as a yeah. villain, Lee tipped for me, you know. Tip, tip, was, yeah. You know, he was Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy. He was, um, he was fucking, uh, not Alfred Hitchcock. Why am I mixing him up? But, ah, not Hitchcock. Fuck. Churchill. Ah! Churchill. Churchill. Thank you. Churchill. <laughs> he was Winston Churchill for fuck's sake, and he was brilliant. He was uh, Mankiewicz, the scriptwriter. Like he, he, he was uh, with Ro- he was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like he's done so many great roles where he's kind of the good guy. Yeah. And he's at it. Like that I mean that just shows how yeah, if we compare them as actors, Oldman is so high above Christopher Lee, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oldman yeah. is one of the Makes best sense, actors yeah. on the on the fucking face of the planet. But if we're talking the roles of the villain, it's like for me it's 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 Christopher Lee. Like every time Lee, the, the the characters you mentioned alone own it. Own it's ridiculous. It. Like he, the fact that he's played a Sith Lord, a fucking evil wizard. A fucking Bond villain and Dracula and been in like four of the biggest franchises ever and in each of them he's a villain. It's like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you sir are the villain. Yeah. 
had to nah, be. for sure, good. for sure. Okay, before we rush more, did have, have, has Twitter spoken? Twitter has spoken. Twitter has spoken. By the way, while we're on the topic of Twitter, um, do you know what our final count was for that viral tweet last week? Hit me. 923. Damn, so close to the 1K. But, oh my God, that is that's unreal. That is so unreal. That is mad. That is so, mad. Yeah, it's really good. So, I mean, thank you to, to everyone but all 923 people who tweeted last week wasn't so many this week kind of normality resumed this week we are i put the question out who is the best actor who in brackets nearly always plays a villain we had 43 answers so quite good uh paul uh pse coolidge put between alan rickman and gary oldman ed harris is another good one ed harris is another good one ed harris is um, Paulie Pockets at Paul Don, you know him, I bring him up every week, at mm-hmm. Paul Don 09592081, put not the same caliber of actor of most already mentioned, but Jack Palance was very rarely not a villain. Good shout. Just a movie fan at just a movie, pan, movie fan put Christopher Walken. Uh, Joe Russo put Vincent Price. Mm, Vincent Price, mm-hmm. the, horror, the horror legend. Uh, Angus at Angus Horror Fan put Sir Christopher Lee, Gary Oldman, or Dennis Hopper. Okay. Okay. My top three. My top three. Sorry. Jeffrey Wallitzer at Jay Wallitzer Jr. Yeah, fuck. Why didn't we put him? John Lithgow. (laughs) Do you know my problem with him? I always picture Fedbot from the Sun. Exactly. Lord Farquaad. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> and then again, mind you, but yeah. Um, at at Photofan9000 shared, um, I don't agree with this. Loki doing the thumbs up. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston is fantastic as Loki, but he's not a quintessential villain. Actually. No, 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 no. Um, we love movies at Movie Polls for You. What up, JT? Put I'd have to go for Malcolm McDowell or Michael Ironside. Now that that is some that's some choice. Malcolm McDowell, obviously, who was the crazy Clockwork side in Clockwork Orange, and Michael Ironside. Let me show you his photo, AJ. You know him. I, I yeah, 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 yeah. Literally always a villain, except maybe in Starship Troopers. Um. Oliver at Oliver Gilbert 01 put Rutger Hauer. Yeah, that's a yes, very good yes, shot. Yes, very good shot. Um, Liam at the movies at Wacko Jacko's Flicks put, I'd have to go for Michael Rooker personally. Yeah, wouldn't put him in the same argument as all the others who have been mentioned, but Michael Rooker is an interesting one. This one I don't know. Ian Stansfield at Ian Stansfield 14 put Jerome Crabb. Never heard of this man. We need to look into it. Jerome. Jerome. J-E-R-O-E-N and then Crab K-R-A-B-B-E. Anyway. I don't know. Okay, it's Dutch actor. Really uneducated. Okay, it is. It's real. Okay. He's in Fugitive Dates. Immortal Beloved Fourth. Transporter Three. No, the car's okay, familiar with. He's done yeah. it, though. Um Zandra Bill at Zandy Bill, at Zandy Bill. Put, yeah, I agree with this one. Michael J. Shannon or Danny Houston? 
That's a very good shout. Uh, Jorge Al... Fucking hell. Jorge Altui at... Let me get your handle. At Space City Lou. That's much easier to say. Space City Lou. <laughs> but Gary Oldman, true, ro- true Romance, The Fifth Element, Air Force One, The Contender, Leon Dracula. You can't really fucking argue with that, can you? Uh, Leggy Waitress, amazing Twitter handle. Leggy Waitress at Leggy Waitress. Put this is one of my honorables, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, seriously? Come on, man. Jason Isaacs, Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's it. I know him by face, not by name. Captain Hook, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Peter Pan, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, I know who he is. I know who he is. Fun fact, in the just. In the Justice League animated film, he was also the voice of Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. more recently in Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness. He's very, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, top actor. I've got no problem with him. I just didn't know his name. Beth, <laughs> at Beth Daru put Sean Bean with the. What? See, I agree with this, but then she put the gift that she put a gif of uh, of him as Boromir going. It's it's very poignant. It is a gift. It's like yes, it is a gift. He always plays the actor, very, the villain, very well. But I don't was, feel like was that, was that not Ned. No, that's Boromir, mate. It is a gift. Mm. That's a scene from the Council of Elrond. They do look similar, Boromir and Ned, to be fair. <laughs> but that's a scene from the Council of Elrond where Frodo brings the ring forward, and he goes, "It is a gift. Long of my has my father, my people." Defended your lands. Yeah, he goes into a full rant. It's very good. Francis Lalonde at Ballpark Frank put Christopher Lee immediately comes to mind and Boris Karloff quite often. Sometimes sympathetic, sometimes not. I'm sadly drawing a blank now, feeling I'm omitting several worthy candidates. The problem being separating good person roles from the bad. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't can't really argue with that. You can't really look past Christopher Lee, it's just a whole. Um, MYK SFM SMFNY at underscore SMFNY shared a gif of Christoph Waltz going, That's a bingo! From uh, Inglorious. Yep. Uh, Gracias Javi at Fativa Yuvrai. Man, I'm really sorry if I'm butchering these names, but Christoph Waltz. Au revoir, Shoshana. Fucking hated that guy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Rob Irish at Robert MKCC1 put Eli Wallach. Yep, that's a good shout. The ugly from the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the villain from yes, the Godfather. Yes, yes. I can go with that. Um, then we have got uh, Milstead on movies at Shocker. Milstead on movies. Dennis Hopper, although I will admit he has been in some real crap films as a villain. I agree with this. And then the cloudy critic, the cloudy critic responded, responded to that, saying, "Good thing Waterworld isn't one of these films. Classic. <laughs> Trailer is not a myth." To which I had to answer, "Not even biting." Uh, Mehul at, at Technoir UK. Put, again, this is one of my honourables. Uh, put the uh, a gif of Willem Dafoe. Feelings good. He was uh, honourable. Feeling good's good enough. He was an honourable, absolutely. Uh, Lisa K. Tate at Lisa the Geek Mum put Jason Isaacs is up there. Yeah, fair. 
Wilson Gill at Wilson Gill 11 put the greatest henchman ever, Al Leong. That's a, an Asian actor who I'm not familiar with, I'm afraid. FD Tate at FD Tate put Alan Rickman could chew some scenery in a good way as a villain. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and Nerds podcast put Rafe Fines. Yeah, again, can't really disagree. Jamie B put Christoph Waltz. Ooh, that's a bingo gif again. Uh, Richard Don put... <laughs> that's a great gif. Christopher Lee doing too sweet. I'm not even lying. Look. Couldn't make it up if you tried. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Christopher Lee too sweet. Uh, Alyssa J. Cartwright. Now, fair play for trying to get a woman on here. At Ma- at Mathis O'Kane. Um, put Kate Blanchett... And I had to say, I can't think of all that many Blanchett films where she's a villain. No. Um, then, I, uh, then she came back to me and went, Cinderella was intense. She had a lot of fun displaying malice. It's like, yeah, you got Cinderella as the evil stepmom and you've got Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, I can't put her on there. I with can't draw enough. If you're going to say, like, continuously playing a villain, like. Yeah. yeah, like if you're going to say to me, like, is Kate Blanchett in terms of her talent worthy of being on the list? I'll, I'll, I'll raise you one and saying she's worthy of being on nearly any list. She's so fucking talented, it's scary. But as a villain, I don't know. No, it's not. I don't instantly hear Kate Blanchett thinking, oh, she's going to be in a villain uh, role. Clint Eastwood forever at Good Bad Ugly Mule for <laughs> Lee Van Cleef, the best of the bad. He was a great bad, but again, I'm not sure the filmography is enough to get him up there. Um, at Carrefour Govoff CO, put, again, put Lee Van Cleef. And it's like, yeah, I get that he's the Silver Fox, but again, has he done enough? Um, I'm not familiar with enough of his work to, 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 to right? comment. Right. Just, so yeah, ben, ben Bashant at Bashant Ben. This is a good shout, actually. This didn't even come to my mind, but Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Joker, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's definitely a good villain. He's a very good villain. Um, Crash underscore dude at Crash underscore dude. Crash with a K. Put Bruce Dern. I just saw. I just saw him shoot John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those fresh off the heels of seeing something. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's a good shout. James Gutier at Jimmy. Jimmy's Popuri, but Vincent Price, yeah, again, horror legend. Tom Digger, that is a gif of an actor who I am not familiar with, I'm afraid. Zazu Merriweather, comma, mystic, put Alan Delon, no doubt. Again, not one I'm familiar with, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed to say. Pre-existent kinetics boop bop. Fuck me, that's a mouthful. At Black... How do you... Brack... Tes- okay, fine. Black Tesla cat put Gary uh, shared a scene of Gary Oldman as Dracula going, "See me, see me now." Uh, Polito Monkey at Victorian underscore Dad shared a photo of Donald Sutherland and Charles uh, Charles Dance. Charles Dance is a good shout, actually. Yeah, that is a good shout. Actually, Charles Dance is a very yeah, very much Yeah, and Captain Elliot Spencer at. Where's your at handle? At Horror68Joe, put Gary Oldman. Again, I agree with all of these. Uh, oh, and we've actually had two come in since then. I, no, sorry, I read these out already. So, yeah, that is 
some stuff from you guys. I don't know, there's a few, I guess, like Gary Oldman and Christopher Lee came up a few times, which most likely would have made... Christoph Waltz came up a few times. A good few, a good few times. So should we put those three on? Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest, Christopher Lee and Gary Oldman were our number ones, respectively, yeah, yeah. so... And number one and two, so there was no underestimating those at all. Um, Vault seems to be well-liked. I like how I put... <laughs> Gary Lee, when I was writing down the names there. Um, the ultimate villain. Who makes up the last spot? Who makes up the last spot? Now, you see, one that came up a few times, and I mean, it would just be my top four. Not that I'm looking for that. Mm. But Dennis Hopper was up there quite a few times. Yeah, it's it's very hard to argue Dennis Hopper. Um can I be honest? For me, I might have done Dennis Hopper a bit dirty here. I'm not going to put Al Pacino on on the simple basis no. that he's going to fucking steamroll because people are going to think Godfather and vote for him. So, no. Um, it I mean, Rickman's be... another one. I'm, one. I'm okay with Hopper, but Rickman... No, I didn't actually have Rickman much on that list, actually. No, nah, Rickman didn't come up much. For me, I think it might be a toss-up between Rafe Fiennes and Dennis Hopper. I do believe I heard Hopper more. Do you want to go Dennis Hopper? I could do that. Okay. I mean, this is not certainly... He's not in bad company here. This is quite a well... This is a good rounded uh, Rushmore. Yeah, Yeah. I'm happy with that. It looks good. Let's do that. Okay, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of actors who nearly always play villains in no particular order is Dennis Hopper. Our second entry is Christoph Waltz. Our third entry is Gary Oldman. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of actors who nearly always play villains is Christopher Lee. Good yeah. Rushmore. I, I, yeah, I'm, that, that's, that's some very heavy hitters there. I, I did leave Lee till last because even once you hit, hit them after as much as I leaned with Oldman as an actor, Christopher Lee is just... And I'm not saying to vote. People vote as you wish. Please vote as you wish. Why am I saying vote as you wish? Because... We, the Silver Screen Dudes, have the ultimate challenge of making the movie Matt Rushmore. We have to put together the from 10, which is difficult, down to 4, which is ultimately difficult. Now, the challenge goes over to you, the screeners, because ourselves, the Silver Screen Dudes, at Movie MT Rushmore, pair up with We Love Movies at Movie Polls for You. Why did I freeze there? And we come out. <laughs> and, and major apologies, JT. It's one of those mornings, trust me. It's not you, it's me. And um, here we go. Movie Polls for You will post out the post with the name of those four actors who nearly always play villains. We will share this, we will retweet that. And on that page there, it will be down for you to vote. You get one vote. And just like Highlander says, there can only be one. So, once again, the contenders are Gary Oldman, Christopher Lee, Christopher Waltz, and Dennis Hopper. One vote. You get one vote. And next week, we will read out your tweets and announce the winner. Last week, our topic was 
Woo! Last week, our topic was the thing that created a viral Twitter thread, and it was the top movie restaurant scenes. Indeed, and our contenders were. Our contenders were the first time Pacino and De Niro share the screen together in a restaurant in Michael Mann's Heat. Funny how, like I'm a clown, I'm here to amuse you. The scene in the restaurant in uh, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. Pesci nearly made my list, may I say. Very nearly made my oh, list. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. He, he was in the discussion. Uh, the final scene in the diner in Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. And Michael's first kill in Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. This is nuts how close this was can i tell you until the last two hours before this poll closed for the first time ever we had a joint number one that's wow. how close it was wow. okay between there is only six percent separating all four movies there okay. is only one percent separating the movie in four and in three and likewise there is only one percent separating the movie in two and in one so this is there is no this is a just winner, and unfortunately, I don't think the comments are going to help you out at all, except maybe to guess number four. That's it. Okay. Um, Chris Trengrove, what up, Chris? Chris. <laughs> Very evenly split in the polling. I find it funny and not surprising that all of these are gangster movies. They're all great options. Pulp Fiction's restaurant scene is the movie's alpha, omega, and heart and soul. So my vote's with Quentin Tarantino's magnum opus. Well, aren't we eloquent, Chris? <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. Really couldn't have. Andy Hart at Fandango Groover. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. All good, but Goodfellas is the clear winner for me. Just remembered one I missed on the suggestions. Five easy pieces. About to listen to the episode. Hope one of you guys remembered it for your top tens. Unfortunately not. Can't have so, heard of it. Jack Nicholson. No. Oh. Cool. Um, just a movie fan at just a movie fan put that Pulp Fiction uh, was just iconic yeah it really is uh, you read the Bible Ringo uh, Officer Jimmy at Dean 8-Bit just shared a gif of hey you're a funny guy <laughs> <laughs> David Walston and David Walston at Darth Dave put The Godfather Couch, Couch Bums at Couch Burns 2 put extremely difficult but great choices Yes, we know, but what's your answer? <laughs> um, Doomwriter Double X at Doomwriter Double X put, I pick Godfather, perfectly constructed and acted with great use of sound, the oncoming train, correct, and music. It's also the pivot point in the movie, more important to the movie than the other three, but they're all good choices. Interesting, all crime movies. We wanted to put When Harry Met Sally in there, but I don't think it would have stood it, a chance. It, it, just, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right to do that. Uh, the movie Dogs at Dogs Movie. The dialogue between Pacino and De Niro was short and sweet. It did try too hard to be the big scene and felt like a real conversation. Sorry, it didn't try too hard to be the big scene and felt like a real conversation two gentlemen would have who just met. It's like, yeah, and that, that was the genius in it. Uh, Michael C at Michael 8097 shared a gif of, to of uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You read the Bible, Ringo. <laughs> uh, Sharktastic I love your Twitter handle At Sharktastic put It's when Harry met Sally surely To which I had to answer and said Listen to the podcast episode That was the fifth choice We just missed out Harry 
when Harry met Sally, primarily because it made our final four in the previous week's poll. Uh, Mike35 at Maltese Falcon35 put tough poll. I had to pick Heat, but those are four phenomenal scenes. And he then shared a gif of the first time Pacino locks eyes with De Niro. Joe at Chuck versus Tang put what a smart poll. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> we appreciate you, Joe. We appreciate you. At we appreciate C underscore J underscore Evans. <laughs> CJ Evans, nice. Put a gif of you're a funny guy. Uh, green shirt at green shirt 87 said mama fratelli has something to say about these options to which i answered our condolences to mama fratelli. Uh, <laughs> downing at real tj downing put five easy pieces the toast scene not an option but thank you uh christopher lawson at corpulace no my dinner with andre i guess that's more than one scene though yeah, basically yes uh, Danny Arroyo at Danny Arroyo shared the gif of M Michael's first kill from the Godfather. Adrian Caswell, uh, <laughs> this is a good one, shared a gif from um, the restaurant scene from um, Monty Python and the Meaning of Life, which nearly made my top 10, but never a top four. Uh, Louise Culmer at Louise Culmer shared a gif from a restaurant scene from an old movie I am not familiar with. Maybe you are. But I think it's from All About Eve, but I'm not sure. I'm not anyway, sure. that's about as useful as a hole in the head as far as helping you know what's what. Right. Um, let's see. One. Heat, Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, The Godfather. What came in at number four? <sighs> okay, this is, uh, yeah, it's going to hurt because I loved it. I'm going to go Goodfellas. Okay. Pop fiction. Nope. Heat. Yeah. Interesting. Heat he came in bottom, 22%. And then pop fiction. Nope. Goodfellas. Nope. The Godfather. Yeah. I thought that I swear to you on everything because of the. The, the storm, I, that's why I left it, because I always thought that the Godfather fans are going to come out in their droves. Yeah, like, right. that's, their that's their moment. There is nothing. The Godfather means nothing without that moment to them. Wow. Godfather came in at three with 23%. It only Never. Never. You could have told me anything else. I literally was going to say, like, that was going to be my, my closing statement. The Godfather fans, naturally. Like, I, I, that was my closing statement for this episode. They weren't okay. there. They weren't there. Well, these are two films I love like hell, man. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> no, right? And they're separated by 1%. Bro, for the and literally until two hours before the polls closed, these two were neck and neck. Literally. If, we if they first, I would have fully got it. All right. I'm going to go Pulp Fiction at number two. You're swinging a miss on all fronts this week. Oh, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. I get it. I'm not even, I'm not even like, hating. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's no wrong answer in this one. There is no wrong. Number two with twenty seven percent, and I have to say, I think there's something very correct about Pulp Fiction winning this because I've said for the longest while I prescribe to the Hitchcock school of thought. You know, make every line of dialogue, every frame count. You know, Hitchcock believed that you know the table scene was the death nail in the coffin of a movie. Tarantino, for all of his madness knows how to write dialogue and how to bring a table scene to life. 
the one good scene in fucking Death Proof was with the ladies sitting around the table. The best scene in Reservoir Dogs was the opening diner scene. Yeah. And arguably the best scene in Pulp Fiction is the closing scene in that diner. Like he knows, as as Chris Trengrove rightfully said, I was going to forget how to make the diner scene his his table scene his 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 swan song. And yeah. there's something yeah. right that in a restaurant poll, Tarantino's Pulp Fiction takes top. So I'm, I think it fucking shows us that we can never put Pulp Fiction on a poll ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's a weird one. I mean, there are, yeah, yeah, probably not. But let's be honest, we, as we did say last week, Pulp Fiction starts and ends with that scene. So it, it really is, it's earned its stripes, it really did. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, well done, guys, thank you very much. Okay, guys, so just want to say thank you once again. Please, once again, do head over to at Movie Pulse for you and at Movie MT Rushmore, where you can vote for the actor who nearly always play the villain and again just like you saw today we will play our favorite game where we try to decide we'll read out all comments as long as it's under 500 and something (laughs) um, yeah but no we will read out as many comments as we can and we will play the guessing game of what was the ultimate one and crown our eventual winner because there can only be one so guys thank you very much as always please do check out the Silver Screen Dudes for this week. It will be going back to Silver Screen Dudes when Instagram permits us on Instagram. Silver Screen Dudes on Facebook and at Movie MT Rushmore on Twitter. Nico, what else are the Silver Screen Dudes up to, please, sir? The Silver Screen Dudes also host the Ministry of Wrestling podcast. This is our weekly Saturday morning wrestling show where we talk about all the latest news, rumors, gossip in the world of wrestling. And we also do a prediction and a reaction to any upcoming and just gone pay-per-views, be it in the world of WWE, AEW, or whatever. You can find the Ministry of Wrestling at MOW News on Twitter and at Ministry of Wrestling on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find everything that the Silver Screen Dudes are doing at www.silverscreendudes.com. That calm indeed. So, guys, thank you very much. And always, as we always say, tell a friend to tell a friend because without you, there is no us. So, we do really appreciate every every comment, every action, and it's always just great fun. So, until the next time, I am the one AJ Anthony Jordan. I'm Nico Lero. Shout out to all of my Nico Holics. Okay, guys, see ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>